0: I have to start with this uh, <coughs> This year is dedicated by the family of Dr. Chuck Feldman in memory of an exemplary model of dedication to family, community and Torah education In the past, I've spoken a little bit about Dr. Feldman and we very much appreciate the fact that his son's both of whom are in the the yeshiva, are uh, supporting these uh, sheyurim. I would like to talk uh, tonight about um, the Chet HaEga, the sin of the golden calf. Uh, Now there are different ways to talk about it. Or there are different lines of literary activity. Well, one of the lines of literature which is very interesting is Moshe Rabbeinu and the Chet HaEgob. The interaction between Moshe Rabbeinu and HaKodesh Bokh about the Chet HaEgob, right? In the front of the stage you see Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to God. God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. And the people are kind of left out of the story. They're not actively involved. Their position ends with the fact that they built the golden calf. After that, it becomes Moshe Rabbeinu's story. And that story is told in chapter Labed 32 in Shabbat, in the Parashat Kittisa. And if you look at the last, uh, the last pasuk, or the last three psukim. Starting from Lamed Aleph, thirty-one pasuk Lamed Aleph, it says Vayashov Moshe LaShem, and Moshe Rabbeinu came back to God. He responded, right. This is a conversation that is going on, and then Vayomer Chata HaAm haze Chata ha'gdona. He admits it. What we call for ourselves Vidui, confession. But this is a confession that Moshe Rabbeinu is making on behalf of all of Am Yisrael. In other words, he's playing the role of Kohen Gadol. And we know, at least we can uh, assume, that until the Kohen Gadol was chosen and dressed and placed into the Mishkan, Aaron Akohin that is, Moshe Rabbeinu played that role. And certainly here, in this story, when Aaron himself had a questionable role in the making of the, of the Egel Azahav, it makes even more sense to us that it wasn't Aaron, who was destined to be the Kohen Gadol, but Moshe Rabbeinu, who acted as the Kohen Gadol, who said vidui on behalf of all of Am Yisrael. He said this confession, and what, let's look at the words again. He said to God, Anna, Anna is a, a word of beseeching. I mean, it doesn't have a specific meaning. Please, very, very please. Uh, it's, it's a word where you understand that your argument is not the strongest. Ana, you add that Ana into the argument. Ana chata ha'am hazeh chata agedola. It's true that ha'am hazeh chata chata agedola. There's no defense. There's no defense for this uh, uh, chait, But there is a confession. And Moshe Rabbeinu is making the confession on behalf of all of Am Yisrael. Confession. Chata'agidola, chata'a means that I guess. I mean, it's hard to know, but I think it means that even tshuva would not suffice. Chata'agidola, a chata'a achet a sin that captures you, that captivates you, it becomes you. You're identified with this chata'agidola. It's not a passing episode. It's something that remains. As we know, the cheta'egel remained with Am Yisrael until today until this very day and we'll see why in a moment they made for themselves a golden god or golden gods uh, one of them so Moshe Rabbeinu is confessing the Chata'a admitting that uh, that it's inconceivable that you could actually do tshuva on this on this great great sin. Pasuk vet Va'ata. This is the pasuk which is like the mystery of mysteries. Va'ata. It's Moshe Rabbeinu is talking. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to God. And he says to us, Va'ata. Em tisa chatatam. Tisa is to bear. Bear the burden of their sin. In other words, if you will kind of forgive them, or if you won't punish them, if you'll bear the burden of the sins of the lay Israel. ayin. Im ayin. I mean, you have to think about the Hebrew. But im ayin means and if not, if not, like if you decide that you're not going to bear the burden of the sins. But instead, you're going to punish them as fully as possible. You have to just destroy, destroy the people. <inaudible> so this is the <clears throat> phrase that makes absolutely no sense. <inaudible> Moshe Rabbi said, erase me from the book. Asher Now, to be a nudnik. Right, the Nudnik would ask, What book? What book is there? There is no book. Remember that Moshe Rabbeinu just came down to Har Sinai the first time after 40 days. Uh, 40 days he received whatever he received, but he came down with the Aseret HaDebrot, with the Ten Commandments, which he summarily broke. He destroyed them, these uh, these Aseret, these Aseret HaDebrot. So, what's safer? Is he talking about the Sefer that we call Sefer Torah only existed fully at the end of the 40 years sojourn in the desert. As the Bnei Yisrael were wandering around the desert, God taught another piece of Torah to Moshe who taught it to Bnei Yisrael, so that if when the Sefer was written, it was at the end of the 40 years, it wasn't before, there was no Sefer Torah before that, but there were piece after piece after piece of the Sefer Torah, so when Moshe Rabbeinu says A Sefer Asher Katavta this book that you have, have written, we don't know what, what he's talking about. What Sefer is he talking about? Where is this Sefer located? And further we understand what now means. Erase me from this non-existent Sefer Asher Katavta which you HaKodesh bohu, have written <coughs> What is that? well what is he talking about and if I would imagine that God would erase Moshe Rabev from this non-existent uh, Torah, why would that be of benefit to B'nai Yisrael to his charges I mean what would be the advantage of being erased as opposed to not being erased so let's look quickly at the entire parasha and having seen the end I think it will be interesting more interesting so the first psukim, the first of it is our description of the hate of the Egel Hazahab of the golden calf. And it says, mm-hmm. Right, ki boshesh Moshe. He, he was, uh, boshesh is related to the Hebrew word busha, I guess. He seemed to be embarrassed. Bosh Rabbeinu was embarrassed. Laredet min haar To come down from the mountain. You understand that La Minahar, the Har is not just a mountain. It's not just elevated from the regular land or the land mass. But La means also to go down somehow spiritual but it says, it says in the Pasukhi, redit Minahar. That's what it says. It doesn't say anything about Ma'acher. It's true, Chazal say, that they thought he would come down in the morning on the 40th day and he wasn't there yet. So, so it was, in, in other words, Chazal tried to figure out what Boshesh Moshe means. It could be that, but it's not in the Pasukh. Minahar. There are several times that Moshe Rabbeinu is told by Kodesh Boko, Lechereid. Right, you 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 can't really deal with the question in the exalted state in which you find yourself. You've got to get back. I mean this is something that in Chassidus, in Hasidus was very much appreciated. That that you needed leadership that was not muramian, not above the people, but with the people, which itself, you know, led to certain kinds of Problems, but this idea was a very strong idea, and that's what they said to Moshe That God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, "Get back to the people, get back to those people, so you can see what's going on." And the goes on. We don't know what happened to uh to Moshe Rabbeinu. So if you look at the Rashi, we'll see what Bosh <coughs> Hashemah meant. Ki Boshesh Moshe le L'shel Ichur. Right, that Unculus translated the word Boshesh as as lateness, coming late, coming late. V'chein Boshesh Richmo, there's another pasuk which is similar. Another pasuk, Ki Kish'ala, Moshe Lahar Amar Lahem, L'sopar B'im Yom ba. He says, I'll be, I'll be back 40 days from today, but not later than 6 hours. I mean, I'll come 40 days today, within the next 6, six hours. Uh, uh, they thought, that the first, the day that he went up is included in the counting. Vua malahem shleimim. He said, "I'm talking about whole days, not parts of a day." Av ba'im yom v'leilo imo v'yom aliyato ein leilo imo. for the day that he went on up, it didn't start at the night, but started the day. Sharei b'shivah b'sivan Allah. Then say yom av ba'im b'shivas abetamuz. So, in other words, Rashi is trying to explain how this could happen. How could it happen that that the people would have lost their confidence in Moshe Rabbeinu so much that they went to build the golden cap? And he said it has to do, Rashi said it has to do, it has to do with the timing, that Moshe Rabbeinu told them a certain time. They understood it a certain way, and it didn't work out that way. So they built the golden cap, Pasuk Bet, so then there's... Uh, Aaron. Aaron said and you know that Rashi explains based on Chazal that Aaron tried to delay and he thought maybe if he said give me your gold and your jewelry that they wouldn't do it but they did do it I mean Aaron was dumbfounded the desire to build the golden cap was so strong that they were willing even to give up they're gold and they're silver, and this is not, you know, the way you expect the Jews to act uh, in in public. So pasuk dalev vaykach mi adam uh aegel So somehow Aaron did it. He did it by magic. It was not really that he made it, but it became. It was made itself somehow. Yisrael and this is what the people said. This is your God, the God that brought us out of the tribe. So this, of course, is uh, it's, it's not so <coughs> it does not look so good. It doesn't look so good for Bnei Yisrael. Pasuk hey vayar aron vayved misbach el lefanav vaykar Shem. vayomer chag l'ashem achar chag You see that? Uh, so so Aron knew that uh, that if he could just delay, that Moshe Rabbeinu would appear. Chag l'ashem chag something to do with machog you know something goes around you sing and you dance so that's the Chag Chag uh, Hashem Pasuk Vav Pasuk 6 Vayashkilu Mimacharat Vayilu Alot Vayishushlamim Vayeshe Vayam Lechol Lishato Vayakubo Litzachek so here you have uh, idolatry Ilui Arayot I mean they, it was just terrible everything was just terrible Okay, that's the background. And that's the end of the parasha that tells the story about, about the Egele. have a you know, try to modify, explain, enlarge, you know, all of these things. Pasuk By Debe Hashem El Moshe. Now here's Moshe Rabbeinu, he's at Har What's Moshe Rabbeinu doing? He's learning Torah. He's basking in the light of the Shekhinah. And suddenly he's awakened to the following message from HaKadosh Baruch Lech reid, Lech reid, Go down. And go down certainly means, go down from where you are to where they are. <coughs> go to the people. Go to the people means don't be aloof. Don't be separate. Don't be on your own. But be with them. Lech Reit. In their level, and their lack of spiritual commitment... That's where you have to be. They destroyed everything. These people that you brought from the tribe. They deviated from the way you have commanded them. They made a uh, uh, an idol out of the cat by they said these terrible things, this is the God that took us out of Mitzrayim. That's that's God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Then another speech by Yoma Hashem Moshe. See Pasubtek again by Yoma Sherma Moshe Ra Ididama Zebine Amse Orefu. This is a very difficult stiff necked people. That's what they say. I don't know what why they stiff necked. Vata annihali va y karapi bahem va a chalem va'se othale goyadot. Imagine imagine Moshe Rabinu. Imagine Moshe Rabena standing before this this choice this option. The Recep is Moshe Rabbeinu. He's like the Rosh Ben the Ramat Kal, the head of the Shabbat, the head of the, the Mosad. You know, he's like everything. And God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, God is the ultimate in charge. El Moshe, Pasuk Yud. ata Hanichali. now, God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, let me be. Now what does that mean? Let me be. That would somehow, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're in charge. You're in charge. If you let me be, meaning that Moshe Rabbeinu might not let God be. As, as difficult as it is to say these words, but that's what the Pasuk says. ha at... I'm sorry. Yud vata pasuk yud. So if you look at at, uh, at the Rashi, turn the page, turn the page about a little bit higher. Uh, well, forty percent of the way down, you have pasuk yud hanichali. Hanichali, let me be. You see Rashi. Adayim lo shamanu we have not yet heard in this story Shetfalel Moshe that Moshe Rabbeinu was davening he didn't say a word Moshe Rabbein had nothing to say yet for Bnei Yisrael so he says well who and God says to Moshe Rabbein, oh, let me be what do you mean let me be? let me be you're annoying me you're doing something you're trying to change the course of history I mean what is, what is Moshe Rabbein he didn't do anything but Moshe Rabbeinu was kind of dumbfounded, I would say. He didn't know what to say, he didn't know what to do. So Akkadish Bogul says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Kan Petach. He gave him an opportunity. He gave him an opportunity, Vahodiho, and he told him, he announced to him, he gave him this message. Can you imagine that? Rashi. Rashi says that, that the future of the Jewish people is dependent on Moshe Rabbeinu. doesn't matter what they did. It's dependent on Moshe Rabbeinu. So how is it dependent on Moshe Rabbeinu? Can you imagine that? So, it's not Moshe Rabbeinu who's davening for B'nai Yisrael. It's God who is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that if he would daven for for B'nai Yisrael, they would have a chance. They might make it. (coughs) So, you see that Moshe Rabbeinu, I mean, if I try to read into that story, Moshe Rabbeinu can't absorb the reality. He doesn't have a mechanism to absorb the fact that here it is 40 days after the event of Matan Torah, which is called the Theophany, right? The Hebrew Hidgalut. It was the greatest event that ever happened to a community of people at all times. It was like being face to face with God. That's what that, that's what happened. So 40 days later with Moshe Abeidah HaSinai, getting the Torah and about to come down and give it to everybody, they go and they build a golden calf. What is Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction to this? Nothing. God set him like right, so he's going to go down. But he has nothing to say. Along comes the Pasuk, interpreted by Rashi. And the Pasuk here is... uh Let me be, and I will... My anger will will uh, attack them, and I will do them in. Imagine... Look at the challenge that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is being presented with. Hani Choli, which Rashi says means, if you'll dob it really hard, you might be successful. On the other hand, if you don't dob it at all, you don't say anything, then we'll start over again. And you, Moshe Rabbeinu, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, say, oh, tcha, gado. Imagine that. Here's Moshe Rabbeinu. Here is Moshe Rabbeinu, who, at the end of it, I mean, even though he's a remarkable personality and has tremendous insight and has prophetic standing of a, of the highest order, nevertheless, he's like really presented with uh, with a challenge. On the one hand, if he daven, he might be successful, might. On the other hand, if he doesn't it, the people will be destroyed, God's anger will address the the issue. He will the people will be destroyed. And hey, listen, Vese Vese New Avraham. What? Like a new Avraham New Avraham. New. So right, right, uh, new, right, correct. Correct. Absolutely correct. Then he starts over again. Everything starts again. Imagine this. And and and, and after all but we're starting over again with the Torah. Like there are no bad habits. It's not like the history of, of living in idolatry. The people of Israel, the people of those days, the people of Israel from the time of Abraham Avinu until Yitzhiat Mitzrayim, they lived in a world of idolatry, which was destroyed once already at the time of Noah. And that world of idolatry, they just couldn't get rid of it, apparently even though I know the Gemara says that they were like oh the Marishon if they uh, okay okay it was something like that but but uh, the but Moshe Rabbeinu he knew everything he knew everything to start over again imagine he had to educate two children that was it so he had a great chance then Pasuk Yud Aleph is Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction to the choice that God gave him, and what does he choose? By Moshe, Bnei Hashem Elokav. By he 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 prayed to God. He spoke to God. He took the first opportunity. The first opportunity was like that you could daven for Bnei Yisrael, and you'll be successful. And he started davening for Bnei Yisrael. So those of you who remember, you know that on a Tanis Seber, which we happen to have had today, uh, you know, you read this parasha, this parasha of praying, we, we're going to dab it for, for something better, something good. I mean, of course, Tanis Esther is a little bit. Uh, Tanis Esther, you know, is the only happy fast of the, of the year. All the other fasts are about something terrible that happened. And Tanis Esther is about something terrible that didn't happen. You know, it's like, uh, so it's like a happy fast. Of course, if you don't eat, it doesn't make you happy to know that it's a happy fast. But, you know, there is this difference. There is this difference. So Moshe is davening. Now, the davening itself of Moshe Rabbeinu, we're, gonna, we're not going to discuss. Even though it's worth discussing, because I want to get back to Moshe Rabbeinu. And so... He in Pasuk 11, Pasuk 12, Pasuk 13, and then Pasuk 15. You see Pasuk 15? Oh, Pasuk 14, I'm sorry. Pasuk 14. Hashem There you have it. Hashem, And God was appeased somehow. And he didn't do what he said he would do which was to destroy the people, and the point Moshe Rabbeinu is the father of a new nation. So Moshe Rabbeinu davened, he took the davening option, and he was successful. Right? And this is where the story might have ended. But it doesn't. It just continues, Basuk 15. He was carrying these two Stones. And the stones went writing on them. And they were written from one side to another, as the Gemara says, you know, Megillah describes, describes that. And he comes down with the, with the, uh, with these stones, and the words are, uh, are, uh, what do you call that? Engraved. Thank you. You, they're engraved on these stones. So the story continues as though nothing happened between HaKadosh Bohaz, Yoshua, what's going on. He sees Moshe Rabbeinu come down and says, oh, you know, you know, it's like really terrible here. There's a terrible situation. So that's what happens in Pasukyotet 19. Now we have a new thing, a new story. Moshe Rabbeinu is representing himself. There's no, God is not involved. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down, he sees what's going on, he says, he gets angry. He gets angry. He threw away the luchot. Why did he throw away the luchot? Well, he had no one to give them to. I mean, his his whole message, his whole shlichut, uh, he was the messenger that was supposed to bring the luchot to the people. That was his job. But suddenly there were no people. There was no one to give it to. And the only way, the only way not to give the luchot... And not to do anything wrong. You know, you have this problem. Here's Moshe has got these luchot. And his job is to give them. To give them to somebody who will watch them. And care for them. And suddenly he looks around and he sees there isn't anybody like that. There's nobody that you can give the luchot to. So the only thing Moshe Rabbi could do was to break the luchot. And that's why he broke the luchot. And not because he broke the luchot out of anger. <coughs> it was the only resolution of the dilemma that he could see. It's to break the Luchot. Once the Luchot are broken, they don't have to be given to anybody. And you know that the second time Moshe Rabbein went up on Ar- Ar- Sinai, 40 days later, Hashem told Moshe Rabbein to build an ark, an iron, so that it would be a place to build, put the Luchot if you couldn't find a this, uh, deserving repository. If the people were not really deserving of the Luchot. I'm not talking about the ark. That was put into the Mishkan, into the tabernacle. Talk about a different ark that Moshe Rabbeinu built at God's behest in order that there should be a place to put the Luchot when he came down a second time. Right? it's good to remember that. Then it goes on. He burnt up the, the, the golden cap and he, he uh rounded up the Yisrael and he threw it in the water, put water on it, and he uh, connected it, it was connected to B'nai Yisrael, Aro lecha and then there's a, like, a little story here about Aaron. Well Malahem Etc. Pasuk twenty seven. Uh, <coughs> sorry, this twenty six. It should be. By Ya Mod Moshe Bishara Machaneh. By Yom Mila Shem Elai. By Asu Elav Kol Levi. So there's another story about how Bnei Levi jo- joined up with Moshe Rabbeinu. By Yom La Em Kol Amar. Ashev Lo Kehitzas Simul Ishkar Bol Yerecho. Each one of you take a sword. They drew the shuvel, mishal, the shava, machanev, ergu, ish et achip, ve ishedrei, ehu, ve Kill everybody who is involved with this terrible thing. Pasuk of Chet twenty-eight. Ya asub neilevi, kidvar Moshe, vaypol min ha'am by Yomahu, kishloshit al fe ish. Pasuk twenty-nine. They killed three thousand Jews by Moshe. In chem words, Hayom Lashem," ki ish bivnob achiv velatei dalechem Hayom Bracha. In other words, "Miluy uh, Yedchem Hayom Lashem." This is enough. Like, you know, you've done it. You know, for God. Lamit pasuk Lamit thirty. Vayhi mi macharat vayyom Am ha'am atem chata atem so, there are three stages, right? There are three stages. If you look back, right? Moshe Rabbeinu David, Moshe Rabbeinu David. Starting, you see, Pasuk Yud Aleph. Lechal Moshe Fenei Hashem Elotam. Moshe Rabbeinu david. As a result of the davening that Moshe Rabbeinu did, as a result of the davening, it says in Pasuk Yudalit, see Pasuk Yudalit, from Yudalit to Yudalit, it says, That's the first story that Moshe Rabbeinu was told that he should daven and he davened right that's in Pasuk Yud nichali, and then Moshe Rabbeinu starts davening in Pasuk Yud Aleph and then in uh, in Pasuk uh, Yud Aled Vayinochem uh, Hashem ala shayde be'a la'asot that's pasuk Dalit. So the first story is the story of Moshe Rabbeinu davening the B'nai Yisrael, and and apparently he was he was effective. He was effective in that in that matter. Um, okay. Then after that, there's another story. Of Moshe Rabbeinu coming down from Har Sinai and meeting up with the reality right before in the first story he's on he's on the Har Sinai and God speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu you better David and Moshe Rabbeinu and then God is forgiving the second story is that Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai comes down, and he sees what's going on in this in this uh, field here. Uh, that tells the story uh, incidentally of Aaron Akohe. and then the B'nai Levi come and they kill 3,000 3, Jews so here we don't know exactly what Moshe Ben is talking about when Moshe Rabbeinu was at Har Sinai, he davened. And by Yinochem Hashem, God accepted the tefillah. And now Moshe Rabbeinu comes down into the into the uh, the camp, <coughs> and he says, "No, no, the situation is it's still fluid. You're not safe. So what does what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? even atonement. maybe I will be able to get atonement for you I'll go back up to God and I'll try it over again and then he makes a vidui right, he makes a vidui and the video is ana khata ama ze khata kedol Yes Moshe Beydo does the video in the part name of all of of Am Yisrael. And finally finally God says Me Asher Ta'li ef cher misfro vata leh cher da'am Okay so you have these you have this story following the story and the key pasuk of course is this pasuk pasuk Lamed Bet Lamed Aleph So I have to tell you what Rav Nachman of says about this pasuk because it's just wonderful. So I can't avoid it. I have to tell you. Nachman says this. You know, he said, who's, who's Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is not a court-appointed defense attorney. Moshe Rabbeinu is the sanegor appointed by Kodesh Boru to protect, he's the defense attorney, to protect Am Yisrael." So if God appointed Moshe Abeinu as the, <coughs> so I'm not, this is way of looking at it, if a Baruch who appointed Moshe Abeinu, if a appointed Moshe Abeinu to protect Am Israel, is it conceivable that Moshe Abeinu would not be able to protect Am Israel? I mean, it's not just, he's not a hired lawyer. You know, you pay more money, you get a better lawyer. Right? You know, you pay more money, you always win. If you pay enough money to the lawyer, you'll always win the case. Not like that. It's Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu can't lose. Moshe Rabbeinu can't lose. So in this Pasuk, it says, uh, it says this, here's Moshe Rabbeinu. He's praying for B'nai Israel. He says, "I'm going to go and try to get atonement." Right, second story. The second I try to get atonement for B'nai Israel. <coughs> so Moshe Rabenu says, If you, Akharish Baruch Hu, will bear the burden of their transgression, means you'll forgive them. Okay, but I? But if you don't forgive them, then I, Moshe Rabenu it must be that there's something wrong with me. Because if I was okay, if I was the person appointed by Kodesh Baruch to take care of Am Yisrael, I would be able to take care of them. There would be no doubt about that. So in eyeing, the question is, what's wrong with me? Why do I, Moshe Rabbeinu, fail at this job that you have given me? So the answer is, Mechein Sifri Kha. It must be, Moshe Rabbeinu says, that the essential ingredient of my existence in the world, which is repeated in his epitaph, what is his epitaph? Anav mikol Adam. He is the most humble of all people. So we could say that it's the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu which enabled him to be as close as he was to God, because that's what humility is. Humility, it means that that all you see is your relationship with God, and the relationship to everything else that's going on is not so important. And that was Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, But if I'm not successful, if I'm not able to defend the Jewish people at this time, Because where must my lack of humility derive from? Oh, it derives from the Sefer Torah which I have not yet received, but which I was able to perceive on Har Sinai. And in that Sefer Torah, there are a lot of psukim that say, Hashem al-Moshe moshe So Moshe it must be, it must be, <coughs> it must be that my humility was under attack by the fact that my name is mentioned so often in the Torah can you imagine the Torah given by God into the world and here's Moshe Rabbeinu most frequent, frequently mentioned in the Torah so that must be the source of my lack of humility which places in doubt my ability to defend B'nai Yisrael therefore I say I Moshe Rabbeinu say <laughs> Erase me so that I could be Moshe Rabbeinu again, and so that I would be able to do, I would be able to do my job, which is to 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 convince a God that the people are doing chuva. So we start over again. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu is confronted twice. The first time he seems to be successful, and the second time he's a little bit in doubt. And in fact, in fact, the second time. When Moshe, with Hakadosh Baruch says pasuk, Moshe, I'm not going to erase you, Moshe Rabbeinu. There's nothing wrong with you, but but this is a hate that that even you cannot simply wipe away. Because what I have to do is erase everybody who is involved misifri. Vata lech nechay el ha'am. In other words, go back to the people, By angel will go before you, meaning, uh, uh, like a devaluation of the spiritual involvement of God in the process. He says, mm-hmm. So what God says to Moshe Rabbeinu is that even you, Moshe Rabbeinu, even with your superior, uh, 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 uh spiritual, your superior spiritual self. The fact that you are unique and will always be unique amongst the prophets, as the Rambam, as the Rambam points out. But you, Moshe Rabbeinu, <coughs> even you, Moshe Rabbeinu, cannot gain absolution for all the individuals in Am Yisrael who sinned. Right? You can't do that. But beyond but somehow they will carry forever with them. The sin of the Khaita Egel, and whenever they have to be punished, whenever punishment comes up, they will also be punished, I mean, during history, you'll also be punished for the, for the Cheta Egel. So that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, in, in case number one, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you will become, will kill everybody else, and you will become there, the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, uh, protected him and Am Yisrael. But when it came to kapara, atonement for each and every individual who applied, who was part of this Cheta egel process, where that included everybody, then even Moshe Rabbeinu's humility was not able to get everybody back to where they started out from. But Moshe Rabbeinu was able to put off put off the punishment, but the punishment continued to exist throughout history, and every time, every time B'nai Israel, every time B'nai Israel were uh, uh, punished, a little bit of the punishment, or part of the punishment had to do, had to do with the Chait HaEgel. So there are two stories. One story in which the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu takes care of the whole problem, and that is when God offered him to become the people, the father of the people of, of God, so of course, uh, uh, somebody with the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu would never accept that. And so he davened He took the option of davening But when it came to saving each individual, right, getting them back to, to zero, like, right, as though they had never sinned, even the, uh, the humility of Moshe Rabbeinu was not able to produce that result. But instead, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke on behalf of B'nai Israel, and the individuals who had not been killed by the B'nai Levi, those individuals continued to to live however their their the people made up of these individuals forever and after forever after were obliged <coughs> <coughs> as uh, were, were obliged to carry this this guilt with them that even moshe Rabbeinu was not able to erase to erase from that so i I'm not sure if this has anything to do with Purim, but it probably does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the best. Have a favor of Purim. A favor of Purim, a good Shabbos. You're supposed to eat the Sundar, but we'll start eating the Sundar before Chatzos. When is Chatzos? Oh, you're around 12. You have these calendars, those super-duper calendars that tell you to the minute, uh, so you should get one. <laughs>